Buenos dias from BA. This is a Rorschach Venezuela update from the 23rd of March 2023. A quick summary of what's going down in Venezuela. On Wednesday, the 22nd, Marta Valinias, the UN Independent International Mission for Venezuela, presented to the Human Rights Council an updated report on the crimes committed by the Maduro regime. The report accuses the Maduro regime of continuing to commit crimes against humanity. Valinia said that attacks against NGOs and human rights defenders, journalists, humanitarian personnel, political leaders and other people from civil society in the country have increased. According to Valinias, the military counterintelligence agencies continue to commit human rights violations, such as torture, sexual and gender-based violence, arbitrary detentions, and short-term forced disappearances. Corruption scandal in the Chavista ranks. On Friday the 17th, the National Anti-Corruption Police arrested judges, mayors, oil workers, and police officers in an, quote, anti-corruption, unquote, operation. Among the detainees are José Massimino Márquez García, a judge expert in crimes associated with terrorism, and Márquez García, the president of the Criminal Judicial Circuit of Caracas, both linked to Chavismo. There have also been reports of arrests inside the state oil company Petróleos Venezuela, better known as PDVSA. Among the detainees are José Lit Ramírez Camacho, head of the National Superintendent of Cryptoactives, the alleged right-hand man of Tarek El Aysami, the Minister of Oil. They also arrested Colonel Antonio Pérez Suárez, who served as PDVSA Vice President of Commerce and Quality Supply. However, the wave of arrests does not end there, on Monday the 20th, the National Anti-Corruption Police apprehended businessman Ediberto Perdomo. The businessman who owns the HP Construction Company, the one currently building luxury structures in Caracas, has been linked to the recent PDVSA corruption scandals. At the time of the arrest, the Anti-Corruption Police found $36 million in cash at the businessman's residence. We have numbers, but we don't have names. On Tuesday the 21st, Jorge Rodriguez, the president of the Chavista National Assembly, reported that the National Anti-Corruption Police arrested 19 people as part of the operation launched last Friday. Although the numbers were shared, the rest of the names of the detainees still need to be known. On the same day, Tuesday the 21st, Germán Escarra, Deputy of the National Assembly for the Ruling Party reported that the amount of money stolen in the corruption plot adds up to $23,000 million so far. At the facilities of the National Assembly, Escarra said that the ruling party hopes that in the next few days they will have arrested all those involved in corruption cases. What is he trying to hide? On Monday the 20th, in the midst of the so-called internal Chavismo war, the Minister of Oil, Tarek El Aysami, announced his resignation. The resignation comes after several officials from the El Aysami environment were arrested as part of the National Anti-Corruption Police Operation. Following this news, on Tuesday the 21st, 
Maduro announced the appointment of PDVSA President Pedro Telechea as the new oil minister following the resignation of El Aysami. PDVSA not only faces international corruption problems, but also losses in accounts receivable. On Tuesday the 21st, media outlet Reuters published an article stating that the oil company is owed some $21.2 billion in accounts receivable. PDVSA accumulated the billion-dollar debt after turning to dozens of unknown intermediaries three years ago to export oil under U.S. economic sanctions on Venezuela. Some of them left the country without paying a penny. As a result of this situation, PDVSA has only been able to receive 16% of the oil sales made since January 2020, equivalent to some $4,080 million of the $25,270 million generated through exports from January 2020 to date. In more oil news, on Thursday the 16th, the U.S. oil company Chevron requested PDVSA to clean up the lake of Maracaibo. The request is due to the mud accumulated at the bottom of the lake which has become a matter of concern for Chevron as U.S. tankers risk running aground due to accumulated sediment. Speaking of the U.S., on Friday the 17th, the United States government donated more than $170 million in humanitarian aid for Venezuelan migrants and refugees. $56 million will be distributed through the State Department's Bureau of Population refugees and migration, and more than $115 million through the United States Agency for International Development. The State Department explained that his contribution complies with the Los Angeles Declaration to Support Countries that host large populations of displaced migrants and refugees. Another country that also decided to contribute was Canada. On Friday the 17th, Harjit Sajjan, Canadian Minister for International Development, announced that his country will donate more than $40 million to the humanitarian attention of Venezuelan migrants and refugees. The announcement was made within the framework of the 2023 International Conference in Solidarity with Venezuelan Refugees and Migrants, organized by the European Union and Canada. At the press conference, Sajan also said that he hopes this contribution helps the humanitarian needs and supports the long-term integration of Venezuelan refugees and migrants in the communities that received them. From Canada to Colombia. On Thursday the 16th, the Colombian Navy rescued 30 Venezuelan migrants who were trying to reach the United States. Colombian Navy units intercepted a boat carrying 15 migrants in San Andres, Colombia. Four of them were minors. The other 15 people were found on the island of Cayo Albuquerque. All the rescued migrants were sent to Migración Colombia and two crew members of the illegal vessel were detained and sent to the Colombian Attorney General's office. Moving on, on Thursday the 16th, Yalitze Santaella, the Minister of Education, stated that the government of Maduro does not have the resources to increase teachers' salaries. In a press conference, Santaella assured that the regime is aware of the discontent 
of public workers because their income is around $5 and is not enough to even buy the basic food basket, which currently stands at $480. The minister's statement comes amid protests by teachers and public workers across the country, urgently demanding an increase in salaries. In elections news, on Thursday the 16th, Jesus Maria Casal, president of the National Commission for Primaries, announced that the body will include opposition candidates who have been disqualified from competing in the next 2024 presidential elections. In a press conference, Casal said that all the candidates will be able to compete under equal conditions. However, he urges the Comptroller General of the Republic to cease the political restrictions. Good news! On Monday the 20th, the Administrative Service for Identification, Migration and Aliens, better known as SAIME, announced that the residence card will no longer be a requirement to process a passport or an ID. In a radio interview, Gustavo Vizcaino, General Director of SAIME, also clarified that the organization incorporated a self-management process on its website where citizens can now choose where to get their identity documents and at what time, something that could not be done before. More good news. On Thursday the 16th, the Supreme Court of Justice of Venezuela annulled an article in the Organic Code of Military Justice that punished homosexual male soldiers with jail. The law was used to impose a penalty of one to three years in prison to the military who committed quote, unnatural sexual acts, unquote. On the 14th of February, LGBTIQ activists from Venezuela demanded the highest court a definitive response to requests such as same-sex marriage, recognition of gender identity, and the annulment of said article. Movie recommendation of the week. Pelo Malo, a drama film commercially released in 2014, written and directed by Mariana Rondon. The film tells the story of Junior, a Venezuelan boy who desires to straighten his curly hair, causing friction in the relationship with his single mother, who does not accept him for being, quote, effeminate, unquote. For that reason, she decides to isolate him from his loved ones and pressure him to change his way of being. Such a great movie. Hope you enjoy it. And that's it for this week. If you don't know, Rorschach has a newsletter on Substack, so check it out. It's rare, so you won't be flooded with emails, but it will tell you a bit about what is motivating all this. Link in the show notes. Tell us your hopes and dreams at venezuela at rorschach.com. Hasta la próxima.